0: Hello and welcome back to the Prospect podcast where we speak to the brightest minds and talk about the ideas that matter in politics, arts and society. I'm Alan Rusbridger, editor at Prospect magazine and tonight I'm delighted to be joined by two excellent guests, contributing editor and former editor of Prospect, Tom Clark, and Sheffield-born podcasting maestro and CEO of production company Persophonica, Dino Sophos. And today we're going to discuss Tom's piece for the upcoming issue of the magazine, which we headlined Post Industrial Revolution, and it's all about Sheffield and its struggles in being reborn after the problems of the 1980s. So, my first question for you, Tom, is why did you decide to write this piece and to single out Sheffield?
2: Well, it's partly just a sort of numbers answer as to what, why Sheffield. I mean, I've moved to Yorkshire myself where I'm from now, just over two years ago. And so it's been on my mind, and this whole rhetoric of levelling up kind of hits you quite hard as you're waiting, you know, for the third cancelled train at Huddersfield Station or whatever it is. And so it seemed like a good theme to get into. Uh, And and then Sheffield, when you start looking at the figures, of the really big centres, there's lots of bits of Britain that are struggling, but of the really big centres it's the one um south yorkshire the broader economy or sheffield more specifically which is just like a long way behind it's more like i think places like hull and teeside than places like manchester and leeds which are kind of equivalently big but have had this 21st century renaissance uh that isn't there in the um statistics for sheffield and so um Talking to Phil McCann, who was at Sheffield, this may or may not be a straw in the wind, and has recently moved to um, Manchester Business School, but remains the UK's um, leading expert on all these kind of numbers. Uh, He said uh, that um, Sheffield was something like 12% poorer than the Czech Czech Republic. I think broader South Yorkshire was something like 25% poorer than the, the, the Czech Republic. And the, this, the, the poorer regions of England now are only a bit richer than Slovakia, which is the place that the Czechs think of as poor. And so, you know, a generation on from the fall of the Iron Curtain, the fact that large parts of the UK are part of this made this seem like a pretty urgent subject and Sheffield seemed like a pretty good case study.
0: Dino, you're you're in this piece because you're you're Sheffield born and you're part of the regeneration story that Tom is telling. Can you can you tell us a bit about what Sheffield felt like when you were growing up there and what you think the solution to Sheffield's problems
1: is? Well, look, I, I mean Tom and I were were joking earlier that Sheffield has this sort of label as being the world's biggest village. The reason that is in Sheffield is because there is a concentration of kind of wealth and prosperity in the west end of the city so you know you'll be well aware that and Tom you're the kind of the data the data guy and the demographics guy but Sheffield Hallam Uh, Nick Clegg's former constituency, I think, at one point was was the most prosperous, uh, had the highest level of uh, professionals uh, in the country. So you've got university professors, you've got um, consultants at the hospital, um, dentists, doctors, etc. So, uh, kind of grew up in uh, in Hunters Bar, um, and then moved to Netheredge, and. The, the, they're both in sort of the west the west side of the city and there are a lot of kind of as i say academics and you know, creatives. Frankly, there are a lot of creative people in Sheffield, and they tend to be based mostly, I think, around a certain area. So, for me, growing up, I wasn't really exposed much to uh, the high levels of, of poverty that you found on find on the outskirts of the city and in, in South Yorkshire. So, I was kind of be lucky. So, I don't want to I don't want to pretend I'm something I'm not. Uh, and I grew up in poverty, and I didn't. My mum and dad owned a shop in Sheffield, and i and my dad's Greek, and moved to Sheffield for college. Um, so, yeah, but I have a lot of friends who grew up in the poor, the poorer areas of Sheffield. So my business partner, uh, Tom, grew up in Stocksbridge. Um, he and he feels that you know he he has a very different relationship to Sheffield than, than, than I do. But I think it's I think it's interesting. So you see, you go through the kind of you, you look at the data and you look at demographics, and there is there's clearly parts of sheffield are going through hard times but if you walk around the city center at the moment i think it's clear that there's a huge amount of regeneration going on and i think you know i was talking to somebody in the city at the moment who is very high up in the in the council and we were kind of saying that that when liverpool when you know sort of when liverpool and birmingham had their 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 um a lot of money spent on regeneration of their city centre. So you have sort of Liverpool One and uh, and the, the big shopping areas there, these sort of homages to retail. Um, Sheffield didn't didn't have that. But actually, <laughs> now we've seen this sort of collapse of high street retail, I think Sheffield having fallen behind might actually help it because we're now in a situation where a lot of the regeneration in Sheffield is we, 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 they're having to think about it, In a new way so not through everything has to be about a shopping center and has to be about retail it's about experiences it's about you know how can we pull in the creative hub in the city to be right in the city center so you're thinking about jobs that young people can actually do um so i'm I'm really excited about the prospects for sheffield and yeah yeah you know in terms of my industry i'm a journalist first and foremost but also a creative um for journalism It's an incredibly busy news patch, Um, yet the only presence that the city really has in terms of mainstream media would be, I guess, the BBC has Radio Sheffield. I mean, as we speak today, local radio has been absolutely decimated with cuts. Uh, So for how long the BBC has has a serious presence there, who knows? But what you do find in Sheffield is a lot of people doing really, really big stuff that is recognised worldwide. So, for example, the guys at Warp Films who produced Four Lions. You have musically, you know, we all know about Sheffield's musical heritage and I think, uh, you know, half of the Arctic Monkeys are are living back in Sheffield now. Um, And, you know, pulp and lots of electronic music. And there's so there's a real sort of, you know fantastically rich cultural heritage in sheffield there's a lot going on in the city and a lot of the time it gets passed up and it gets looked over um manchester salford leeds a lot of the kind of big investments in the media tend to go there in the bbc salford keys and channel 4 and, and leeds so you know to be quite honest with you I've always been, as I said to Tom, you know, in, in the in the piece that you've published, I've always banged the drum for Sheffield because I think it's a very special place, but it feels like for me, I've just launched a production company, podcast production company, which is a, a year young. We don't have a base yet. I'm working out of London at the moment uh, because that's kind of where the media is mostly but when we do launch a base I'm looking towards Sheffield because I think there's lots of opportunities there I think there's a lot of talent there um I'm hoping that there's going to be some some grants potentially I can I can plug into when I when I when I launch my 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 first base there but predominantly I think it's about time that people like me who have the opportunity to to do so I, I really think it's imperative that we create, that we that we take our you know take our businesses put our money where our mouths are really and create jobs for people who want to work in these fields in the creative industries back to Sheffield back to South Yorkshire.
2: Just as someone who's kind of maybe 10 years or so older than Dino you know I mean like what he's saying there really resonates with what I found on these repeated trips to Sheffield you know when I was growing up like we had the coalfields to the kind of east and then to the south we had Sheffield and and, and Steeltown and where we were was kind of fine. But like, I was like aware of it as a kind of, as a, a place that was down on its luck and you think of the, I don't know, the full Monty kind of thing. Whereas um, I met a number of people who were, you know, maybe in the in their late 30s rather than, rather than their 40s who um, were kind of... Um, looking at things in this more positive way I saw this wonderful woman at the university I couldn't really get into in the piece because we ran out of space who was setting up a PPE course you know the famous degree that runs Britain but bringing that to Sheffield to kind of churn out a northern elite that might be a bit less bad than the uh, southern <laughs> elite that's been running things run, run runs Britain or um, ruins Britain is the, uh, <laughs> depending on how you look at it um and then um uh you know I found people who are kind of obsessive interest in the local democratic culture they managed to organize and win some kind of referendum on changing the council's committee system which I mean it'd be hard to get anyone to turn out and vote on that in in most circumstances And then, um, you know, these other entrepreneurs, as as well as Dino, with his passion for returning to Sheffield. um, We've got Jim O'Hara, who's already there. And um, also Chris Iverson, who's sort of more in the manufacturing field. So we found all these people who had got kind of bubbly, interesting ideas and things that look like they should do something about that dreadful kind of uh, productivity stats I mentioned at the beginning. We also know that people just love this place because there is that concentration of theatres. There's the music that Dino talks about. There's the fact that you've literally got the national park within the city borders that no one else has got. You know, the Peak District is there. So there's lots of reasons that people want to be there. People both moan about the economy and at the same time say, but of course, the quality of life here is better than in any other city. So you've got this kind of doubleness about it that I found quite intriguing depending depending where you are
1: in the city tom i guess you know as we said
2: absolutely sorry i'm not for one minute belittling no 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 sure but in terms of people kind of wanting to make the, the the sort of move that you're talking about making i don't sense there's a lack of appetite so in a way what i'm interested in is what are the barriers what are the frustrations because why isn't it happening already
0: so, so, tell me what. Just remind me what the the, the the size of Sheffield is in population.
1: It's it's pushing six hundred thousand, but I'm not I'm not sure about the broader South Yorkshire region, which is. So
0: that's know, a sizable sexy. city. But, but but before we came um, on air, you were talking about it in terms of a village, as though everybody knows everybody else. Can you just explain that? What what you mean by that?
1: Yeah, it's going it's going back to I think there's a lot of people who are, who are concentrated in certain areas in the city Uh, and usually kind of sort of Ecclesall, NetherEdge, the city centre, London, Abbeydale road, where where you find a lot of the kind of concentrated young creatives working. And, you know, and there's, there's also this, this, (laughs) you know, Tom in his piece sort of referred to it as a Sheffield mafia, which I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't go that far, but there is a kind of people like to give each other a leg up. You know, there is a very, very, People are competitive, but they're also very friendly and they like to see other people do well, I think, who've come from Sheffield. So even if, you know, there's, you know, different different fields, for example. So you mentioned Jim O'Hara, who set up the Tramlines Music Festival. You know, he's been incredibly helpful introducing me to contacts at the council uh, after I after I had rubbed up, had pissed a lot of people off at the council actually because I did a lot of reporting on the treegate scandal up there when I was working at the BBC but actually there's you know people want to see people doing well and start businesses and create jobs and create opportunities um so yeah it is it's a it's a small it's a big city but it feels very small once you start getting into certain circles, I wouldn't say it's cliquey, actually, because I think people are very accepting of other people. I mean, you know, you can imagine a situation where people would go, oh, that guy has come, you know, come up from London, and he's trying to take all our jobs and stuff like that. And I'm, I don't get that at all. Actually, people are really excited to hear that I'm coming back, I'm going to move my family back up there, that we're going to creates some buzz around you know certain areas of the of the, of the media um, so, so that you know it does feel like a very very positive place. I think what Sheffield's historically quite bad at is kind of and, and this is part of the sort of Sheffield mentality and its personality, which is very endearing actually and I quite like it is the is the fact it doesn't boast about itself in a way that kind of Manchester or Leeds might do kind of in that sort of, this is history, this is the best, you know, we're not like, we're not like the Gallaghers, we're kind of like, it's sort of, it's the sort of Jarvis Cocker kind of, yeah, it's all right, it's all right, you know, we're okay, we're just, it's right, it's right, is the, is the best Sheffield phrase, you know, which is kind of, it's all right, yeah, it's fine, but we don't like to brag in Sheffield. Um, but actually, we do need to start doing that. We do need to start saying, "Look at this city." Look to Tom's point, like look at the the fantastic nature that surrounds it, the creative um, brains, the, the you know the fact that it's the you know not just the the home in recent years in terms of the musical heritage of kind of indie rock, but also like it founded electro pop, right? And we and we and we hear always hear about Liverpool and and Manchester. But then it's like, you know, you look recently at the Eurovision bid, which Sheffield went for. And what's our problem? Why did we lose that bid? Didn't have enough hotels, didn't have enough hotel rooms for people to stay. So, you know, at the moment you're seeing a big Radisson being built in the centre of Sheffield, which is fantastic. But it needs more. You know, And I think we're probably about three or four years uh, away from that. So, Tom, you reported from... Leah's Yard, which is a, a, a kind of an old, dilapidated collection of warehouses, which are being regenerated to house like shops and shops and restaurants, and it, it's that idea of the, the kind of experience where people with disposable income can go on their Saturday and you know buy some records and have some lunch and maybe see somebody throwing some pots or whatever, you know. Um, so I think that's that's all really exciting, but we feels we're probably. You know, you walk around Sheffield City Centre now and it's just full of cranes, right? And it's a building site. But I think in about three or four years' time, you're going to notice a difference. What I've noticed as well, speaking personally, as somebody who's, a lot of my friends down in London are actually from Sheffield, weirdly, because we have a way, there's a sort of gravitational pull that you kind of <laughs> hang around with people you knew from home. But there's a lot of people moving back. And there's a bit of the pandemic drove that. But there's a lot of people just realising, actually, I don't need to live in london anymore people who've had families of my sort of age who are starting businesses who are very successful in their careers going we need to leave london because london's very hard uh hard place to live um and 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 you and you kind of saw that speaking to estate agents in the in the property you know the there was a massive boom in sheffield recently you know, sort of at the tail end of the pandemic and you know i heard stories of Estate agents in Sheffield going oh another one from London right I see got you you know got your cards marked um, but there are lots of people moving back which is interesting and and, and to your point again in, in your in your article Tom you talked about the rail links yeah it's you know the the thing that put me off when I when the BBC moved to Manchester and they tried to get me to move I didn't want to live in Manchester because I'm not from Manchester and there was this idea from the BBC that there's this you know the north is one homogenous place to which I was sort of saying I know people in Sheffield who won't watch Look North because it's filmed in Leeds right but they were doing this kind of it's the north and I said you know I don't want to I don't want to live in Manchester Um, I'd like to live in Sheffield but to get from Sheffield to Manchester you know it's getting from my house to the station let's call that you know 10 minutes then it's getting from sheffield to manchester if the train's running and doesn't break down and runs on time is good you know minimum 40 minutes and then the tram from manchester to salford which is the slowest thing i've ever been on so it was taking kind of a good hour and you know an hour and 10 minutes to get to work and back every day i just didn't want to
2: do it one of the academics at the university said to me who's lived in manchester moved across to sheffield that it had been you could either get a one hour 15 train or something that did have wi-fi or you could get the so-called fast train that was still kind of 45 minutes or something and, and didn't have wi-fi and that sort of seemed to, to sum up the idea that of an integrated northern powerhouse just not working on the village point you asked about um i mean it, 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 lots of people said to me just you know out and about in the street um at the university oh you know it's a big village really people know each other And it, it kind of kept happening and uh dino's already mentioned both jim o'hara and tom his business partner it turns out that jim and tom i think i've got this right are uh, brothers um uh, and um like there's a history of people being in bands together there are other connections kind of including the manufacturing startup that we looked at there's some people invested in each other and all that kind of um, thing and in fact we were just having a giggle before we came on because i'd sarah our producer had sent dino the pdf of the unpublished article yesterday obviously to have a look at before before the podcast and about a couple of hours later it popped up on my phone from a a different person in sheffield who was different from the one that it turned out that dino had sent it to and so i thought this i've got to use this on the podcast because it it proves the big village hypothesis but my conclusion is that the big village is is a good thing you know because if you think of the south of England and you think of the way that people kind of invest in each other's project and kind of um, give each other the benefit of the doubt and all those kind of things in their ventures and it's tied up with Oxbridge colleges it's tied up with old school ties and other establishment connections we haven't got those in Yorkshire in nothing like the same way nothing like the same quantity so if we've got people who are a bit Almost demented about liking something because it's in Sheffield, then we've got to use that. We can't throw that out.
0: Can I ask about financing? Because, it, it, Tom, uh, although the, the piece is very upbeat, you begin with a slightly downbeat story of the 80s, the 90s, the early part of this century, where productivity was low, the banks, the building societies had all gone, and it was just difficult to get people who were going to fund the entrepreneurs. That, that sounds as though it's changing, but why has why that changed? who's well I think yeah you 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 go first and then I'd I'd love to hear from Dino who's how how encouraging it is to people who are trying to start their businesses but but Tom you go first
2: so so I went to this some um, at the start of researching this some months ago now at the this event called the South Yorkshire Summit where you get these dignitaries from government departments and from you know HSBC and the other big banks kind of saying right it's all going to be leveling up we're going to do this big thing and this this young guy puts his hand up at the back of the hall and says, well, I'm doing an interesting new manufacturing business. And I tried to fund it locally using Northern Venture Capitalists. And they either wouldn't give me a kind of loan that was a realistic valuation, because when, if you sell too much of your business too early, then you can't expand it later. You, you, it doesn't work. So they either said, it, it's not worth enough, so we'll, we're going to demand half of it up front and then you won't have any to sell later. Or we're going to say, yes, you can have the money, but we're going to, to send this term sheet with, you know, 50 pages of um, terms in which we will sue you for 500,000 pounds that this fella definitely didn't have. And it was a really interesting um, business venture making kind of Fitbits for manufacturing machine, as it were. like So you could see how hard your machine's working and just like if you're training for a marathon, you could get your plant cutting steel working more effectively and sort out therefore these dreadful productivity um, numbers it sounded like money should be pouring into it but in the northern venture capital uh houses such as they are there's only about six of them i think um, there was uh nothing to be had and in the end his salvation was the pandemic because after seven or eight months of uh you know it got to like november i think he said of 2020 and then the um like people's stock of projects of people that they'd met and shaken hands with in person had run dry. And so the Southern venture capitalists were <laughs> needed to do something new and was like, well, oh, got to talk to Zoom. It no longer depends if people are like a handshake away. And so suddenly started putting the hat round in London instead of in the Northern venture capital markets and um, got the full valuation with none of the term sheet like within half a day or something. And so, I mean, that's both encouraging and it's chilling i mean it's chilling in that you can't fund northern industry with northern finance but it's encouraging in that as we move to a, we're doing this in three different locations this podcast as we move to a world which is more and more like that people should be able to like tap connections in the south of england as much to the north or indeed like some i've heard some entrepreneurs saying in manchester they're doing just going straight to silicon valley or straight to Mumbai or wherever it is and, and bypass London entirely
1: Well we're, it's early days for us Alan to be honest so I'm just started having conversations with, I'm, I'm trying to figure out the landscape of, of any potential funding that I can tap into so I'm talking to Sheffield City Council whether that's just them hopefully being able to give us a leg up in terms of finding some premises, you know I'm hoping to tap into a bit of, you know maybe it's a rent break or a uh, just some upsides that that can help us get into a place that's visible because the big thing for me is it's very easy for me to go and rent some cheap office space in sheffield but I, i'm not doing this to have a po box that's in sheffield you know and to just tick a box that says on our website oh you know we're not in london i want to have a visible shop window where we've got a studio you know that you're walking through town this is kind of my and maybe it's a bit you know, sort of delusions of grandeur but i'd like to be able for people to walk past and think oh That's happening there. You know, Emily Maitlis has come up for the day and is recording an episode of the News Agents in Sheffield City Centre and there's stuff happening and there's actual real jobs that I can do that it's not a community radio station or a kind of, you know, some sort of worthy project. It's a kind of actual jobs in an industry that's booming and it's based here. So that's kind of what we want to do. Um, I also am talking to the South Yorkshire mayor. Uh, the, the new mayor who's taken over from Dan Jarvis called Oliver Coppard. And he's been, he's very, very encouraging. Um, uh, I understand that he went to see my mates at warp the other day and he walked in and Stephen Graham was in the office. So it's just things like that where the, 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 the you know, all of a sudden people are looking around going, wow, we've got stuff here that's happening where it's, you know, big Hollywood names want to make. And Stephen was going, we want to make films here. We don't want to make films in London anymore. You know, um, so for me it's about trying to tap into some funding because of course i'm a new business i'm a startup we've actually not taken any investment yet We've been very lucky that we we haven't had to because we've we've had some early successes and early commissions that have that have bankrolled us but if we're going to grow a team and start employing more people we need some help um and yeah i'd rather not do that in london frankly um and i'd la- i'd rather show some love and if i'm going to train members of staff up um and and have some apprentices I'd like that to happen outside of London because at the moment, you know, when I when I advertise for a job in London, Alan, you'll know this, you know, having run a newsroom, um, the majority of people who apply for jobs in London have come from, I would say, private schools, been to Redbrook universities, and when they come and do work experience or come and apply for their first job, they've got somewhere they can stay, they've got a leg, leg up, they've got mum and bank of mum and dad have helped them with a deposit for the house, you know because otherwise they wouldn't be able to afford to do it so I want to actually create opportunities because it's about you know socio-economic diversity for me as well which is really important so we, I'm talking to Sheffield College at the moment about uh you know how can we create some sort of formal apprentice scheme so I can train some people up to come and work in the industry um but yeah the, the upsides for me as a business for a business is that it is cheaper to set up a business not outside of London so you know Uh, there's benefits for me too but ultimately and the reason I'm choosing to do it in Sheffield because I think it's a good place to be
2: well can I just jump in Alan and say like one thing I found really encouraging because obviously you hesitate before writing these things in a a positive tone of voice when the assumption is that you're going to write kind of doom and gloom oh look John Lewis is closed down it's the end of the world which is the sort of normal way of writing about Sheffield but and I, so I do sort of hesitate about whether to be upbeat, but in the months since I first interviewed Dino, what was it, five months ago or something, he's had this great success of launching this podcast, um, you know, the News Agents, now I think the second most listened to podcast in the, in the UK. And um, like, rather than that kind of making him more hesitant, oh, maybe I need to stick around with a big talent. He's sounding like he's chomping at the bit even more to move up to um, Sheffield, you know. So, um, you know, I I think something really is um, in the air.
0: Well, thank you both for coming on to talk today. Thank you, Tom, for writing it. Thank you, Dino, for being such a beacon of success and good luck in, the, in your future experience.
1: thanks very much when, hopefully one day the prospect podcast can be produced out of yeah Sheffield, please that would that, be, would, that would be great uh, no, you make it sound very <laughs> tempting
0: anyway thank you for joining us if you enjoyed this podcast you can escape the echo chamber you can grab a copy of the new issue which is out on Thursday or you can go to uk to subscribe uh, of course we have lots about uh, UK politics with a wonderful piece by Ferdinand Mount, Blame it all on Brexit, Sheila Hancock, Rowan Williams, many more. Uh, goodbye, stay safe, and listen out for the next episode of the Prospect Podcast next week. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time.